What's up guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 163 and it's me, Matt Whitmore, and I'm here with, no surprises, Keris Marsden. How you doing? I'm alright. Been a tough week. Oh, has it? It has. God, tell me about it, babes. <laughs> Do you know why I think it's been hard? Because we're in the first week of Feb and I think everyone thought, well, January is going to be tough, but let's just get through it. And we did thinking February is going to be different. And the first week of February hasn't been that different. And <laughs> Here it's we are. poured down all week, oh, which just um, adds that Tom. level of, like, logistics yeah, doesn't to... Help. Doesn't help, does it? Getting out with the dog and the mud and, and everything. But they, I have to say, the lighter mornings, the lighter evenings... Oh, Lovely. Hope. Gives you hope. Yeah, it does. does and also, the dawn chorus is amazing now, about Oh, my days. The other day when we were walking, you were like... My God, this is probably the loudest storm chorus I've ever heard. It yeah. was beautiful. My dad said it when we speak to him on the we had a family Zoom and he was like, is everybody listening to the dawn chorus? But isn't it funny, like we were saying the other day, that no matter what is going on in the world, you never get bored of a dawn chorus or a beautiful sunrise. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sunset. Like we, Just nature. Someone said in our group, didn't they, that yeah. just nature has just rocked up consistently to try to lift our spirits and we should appreciate that more than anything and if it, one never, of the good greatest things to come out of this has been that we've we've only really had nature for mm. you know a lot of the only thing that's been different you know and changed across the lockdowns is that environment and it's been harder don't i know i said it's been dark and it's been raining and that is harder yeah but then equally i've had evenings where i've gone out for like a, a nighttime walk and it's rained even sometimes and i've just really liked be, being in the elements yeah um and then i've had like you know nights under the stars walk in with the dog and been like this is really beautiful but there are some days where you're like okay we've had enough rain now <laughs> yeah. stop it now leave it out <laughs> give it a rest but also i think it makes we were talking about this the other day it makes the the pavement politics or like the, the etiquette probably is a better word of walking along pavements a bit more tricky and because everybody is in a bit of a sometimes, you know, a bit of a negative state with you know, having a bad day, be it homeschooling yeah. or working on Zoom. And then when it's really muddy, especially where we are, there's this whole kind of like dance on the pavement where it's like one of you's either got to go out into the road and risk your life or you've got to go and trudge into the mud and like wreck your shoes if you haven't thought ahead and put your wellies on essentially. Yeah. And it, we've, we've had a really <laughs> few interesting like interactions, haven't we? And some of them have been fun and, and everyone's laughed and some of them have been like very like we get this accusing look like yeah. <laughs> I don't know I think there's definitely like some kind of guidelines that no one's confirmed yet yeah, yeah. <laughs> that are going on in people's heads that no you should go into the, the hedge because of this criteria that you yeah. fit so that like you look older than me or no sorry you look younger. You, you look younger than me so yeah. you should go into the hedge yeah. or your shoes are crappier than mine but, but so I've, you should I've, go into the but I've had a dirty look whatever I do I go into the road I get an evil look you know <laughs> the car, almost like the driver coming in the other way yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. from the driver had to do an emergency stop yeah. <laughs> but no no so from the person on the pavement because I've seen them and I've gone do you know what I'm going to go into the road there's no cars coming you can come past and they look like that was a bit over the top. Yeah. Yeah. But then you'll do the other way. You'll go into the mud to kind of like let them go past on the pavement. You get a look like, you know, almost like you haven't created enough distance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Get you, in that head. You, you feel like you can't, you can't win a little bit. But my, okay. my, my one thing, though, is I feel that there, people need to be a little bit more aware of their surroundings and a bit more observational 
because most of the time I've got like my boots on or whatever. I don't mind if they get muddy, but every now and again, you know, I put my, my trainers on, you know, they're half decent. I'll be walking along the pavement. And let's say like the other day, there was these two ladies coming towards me, spied them, both wearing wellies, yeah? Oh. I've got trainers on. <laughs> Who should go into the mud? <laughs> wellies, right? Probably, yeah. Please tell me everyone agrees with me. You've got and a I'm, gender thing going on And here, I'm like, though. hang like, on. Be the gentleman. They ain't the, moving. <laughs> we're, not, we're not gender specific anymore, but be the gentleman <laughs> and get out of my way. But I was like, look, this is the second time wearing these new Reebok Nanos. <laughs> I'm not going into the mud. But it was clear they weren't going to move. So I just held my breath, because, you know, yeah, the distance, yeah. and I just stopped and stood still. And they're walking along having a good old chin wag, and then it weren't until the last minute and they realised that there was a man just stood there. <laughs> that they did eventually venture onto the mud, much to their kind of like, like that. But I just thought, hey, look, wellies, nanos, do the right thing. <laughs> this needs to be a campaign that you're going to launch now. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with a global pandemic. Let's talk about the trainers. You know, I just, that's, 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 that's where I'm at. Can I tell you, this, this is quite interesting. I was in the, I went to the local shop the other day, the food shop, and um, the queue was absolutely huge. They kind of limit how many people can go in. But the queue, you know when the queues get big in the shops, you have to queue up the aisle, and then right. there's like little markers as to where you're supposed to stand. Stand, yeah. yeah. So I, I, you loop around, it's like one way, and I'm in the queue, and I'm first in the queue. There's two people being served, but behind me there's like eight people nearly, because it's almost filling the whole mm. aisle. It's got quite busy. This old fella comes in, and he picks up a newspaper... And he didn't see that the queue had gone up the aisle. So he goes to go straight to the checkout. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then he looked up and he saw me. And I was kind of a bit like, he's only got a newspaper, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like just, uh, he looked up at me and he went, oh, I didn't even realise there was a queue. And I said, do you know what? You go, just pay for your paper, it's fine. And so he went, oh, you're ever so kind. Thank you so much. Thank you. And he was like, thank you so much. And he paid for his paper and he turned around and he went, thank you. And then I, I said to the rest of the queue, sorry about that. I hope no one minded. And they all went, everyone smiled and went, no, no, it's absolutely fine. Oh. Then I go to pay for my shopping and she goes, Blimming well does that every day. I said, oh God, he kind of deserves it. Like, well, credit where it's due. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And the whole queue started laughing. I'm ever so sorry. Yeah. I didn't see the queue there. <laughs> His big bifocals on. Yeah, she goes, he's got it down to a fine art, honestly. And she goes, next time, don't let him in. And I went, I think I've got to let him in, though. That's, That's she was really disgruntled, the shop assistant. Especially she really, I know your game, mate. You do this every day. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he's totally working the system. Yeah. Oh, bless him. Bless him. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Oh, I don't know, really. Well, actually, I do know what we're talking about. Well, we thought we'd talk about, I suppose, like resilience a little bit. And I think like different aspects of your life where, you know, like being resilient is even more important. I don't think there's any more important time than right now, really, with, with everything that's going on. Do you, have, um, do you have moments where you forget? I was hoovering yesterday and I don't know why. I was so busy in my own thoughts and stuff. And then I just went... We're in the middle of a global pandemic. We're in a lockdown. People don't go outside. Like, it, I just reiterated it all to myself. And I was like, this is crazy. But because it's gone on for so long, you know, in the first lockdown, we'd say that all the time. This is crazy, isn't it? This is weird. It's 28 yeah. days later. 
Lucky it's summer. <laughs> we we yeah. shouldn't have said that too much, should know, we? Yeah, God. <laughs> Luckily, but we're in a heat wave. I think, honestly, everyone was just very kind of like naive with it. I know I was. Yes, thinking yeah, it'd yeah. be like, oh, you know, because in the summer it was like, oh, come Christmas, this will all be, this will all be sorted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then, of course, you know, Christmas was what it was and, and now we're, we're Feb. And but now I think you, I'll have a day where I'll be like, I'll be so frustrated by maybe work or like, and then again, just, just not getting out and things like that. And I'll be like going, screwing over it in my head, going, oh, this is annoying, this is annoying. Then I'll go, we're in the middle of a global oh. pandemic. Like, have Correct forgotten. me if I'm wrong, but if it's a pandemic, do you need to say global? Because I thought pandemic means it's global. Well, can you have a pandemic in a I think if you, have a, if you have an epidemic, it's like a, oh, right, a national okay. thing or something. I don't oh, know. It's a very but if good, it's global, it's a good question. I might be completely wrong. I might have just tried to sound really clever there okay. and it's completely backfired. <laughs> but just putting it out there. I'll Google it afterwards. We will. Good old Google. Know. See what he's saying. But it's weird how I'll just be hoovering. I'll go, wow, we are you in forget, yeah. lockdown. All over the world, everybody. We talk to our friends, don't we, in America and stuff. And they're like, oh, this is how it is here. And it's like, it's mad. It's but it is different though, because I, I spoke to a friend of mine the other day who's in uh, Washington, D.C. And like there, you know, Jim's Why do you always still, say D.C.? You can't just say Washington. Because Washington, D.C. is a different place to Washington oh. State. So oh. Washington DC is Washington the District of DC is District of Columbia, yeah? Oh really? But then you've got Washington State. Oh, oh okay. See right. what I mean? It's like, you know, if you say if if someone says, Oh I'm from California and it's like, okay, well California's ginormous. Do you know what I mean? That's right, a state. I see. Okay. Like where where in California? Like San Francisco, LA, okay. blah blah blah. Good good answer. Yeah yeah. I think that's right. <laughs> Someone asked me something this week and I thought, I can never get over how bad my geography is. It's just because I, ne- I never travel. Do you know what I mean? I did travel as in, mm. like, I've been to Italy and Spain and we've been to America with work and stuff, but never really truly travelled. No. I'm so rubbish. And then I didn't study geography at, at A-level either, so. Well, neither did I, but. <laughs> but, <laughs> I know. I need, like, I need to have, like, a little globe that I just look at on a regular basis so I don't yeah, say that, that something. That was my that's... dilemma. Do I become a PT or a geography teacher <laughs> yeah. or... I'm the You can say some proper clangers though, can't you, when it comes to geography? Like, yeah. some really stupid. I say some really stupid things that I'm like, anyway. Yeah. What were we talking about? Anyway, we were going to talk about resilience. Oh, no, so that was it. Sorry, yeah, like, you know, like a friend of mine in, in Washington, D.C., District of Columbia, <laughs> <laughs> um, was just saying how, like, you know, the gyms are all still open there. And, and I was a bit like, God, bloody hell. It's all right for them, isn't it? Hey, yeah, like, you know. and it's like I spoke to someone in Belgium yesterday, a friend. She was like, "Yeah, all our schools are still open." So she said, "I'm, I'm feeling, you know, immensely relieved yeah. about that." So it's different for you know in all different. What, what I mean is, but it's still uniting in that we've connected back with a lot of friends in different parts of the world, and just you know had that like how how is it for you and how are you feeling about stuff? And it's just been interesting to think that we are kind of it's been a leveler hasn't it in that sense mm, so yeah. it doesn't matter where somebody is in terms of and I think we've talked about this before like career finances family stress all those things it's it's been definitely kind of real uniting elements where we've got the same worries for the first time between yeah. us all you know so yeah I think well that's a, the, the reality is I mean it's not like nobody had a worry in the world before lockdown no. happened and all of this kind of like kicked off, you know, we, we've they've always been there. But I think, you know, now it's just it's another thing to worry about or it's kind of made your circumstance much more difficult in, you know, for whatever reason. You know, we don't need to get into the ins and outs of, of all of that. But and it's interesting because when we first took our business online as well, 
I remember when we worked at home and it was the first time, and I think for a good year or two, I experienced, I didn't even know this was probably the problem, but I did really struggle with isolation and loneliness. But because sometimes you'd be out personal training people. Yeah. But even if it was just me and you, I think you can still be lonely in company, if that makes sense. And I didn't realise how much I was missing just A, being around people in the day. Yeah. Um, and then not kind of having like a, tr- a tribe, I suppose, that you're, you know, like you either have your work um, colleagues or you have like your mates that you meet up with at the weekend. Like all that went when we took our business online because essentially it was working really hard and then at the weekend just no energy to do anything. So I didn't yeah. want to socialise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I realised for how long, how, how kind of lonely I was. And so it's been really interesting this time around because like I said, you've got more of a connection with people. So I've not felt any of that, but I'm in exactly the same situation. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you, of course. So I'm not, you know, locked down on my own, but you know, you hardly go, you know, days without seeing anybody. You're just at home doing your work and dog walk and things like that, but you're not really hanging out with people, seeing people. Um, But it's interesting that this time it doesn't feel as hard for me. I think one, I've gone through that kind of training process. Um, And secondly, I do feel like people are much more, connected online than previously oh for sure for sure i think like you know it's you know this is lockdown 3.0 after yeah, all yeah, like it's kind of got your zooms and things like that yeah too. this isn't our first rodeo so to yeah, speak yeah. and you kind of <laughs> but it's a tough one because i think on on the one side that it kind of does make things a little bit easier for you because it to a degree you know what to expect and you're a bit more kind of clued up on how to deal with the situation but then on the other hand i feel like it's it's kind of just chipping away at you a little bit. And like we had this conversation the other day, didn't we? And that, you know, like we love each other to bits, but at the same time, we do sometimes crave like time on our own, don't we? You know, you know, which I kind of like scuppered for the other day when you, you went out for a walk with Hamish and I'd like, (laughs) I, I was doing one of the live workouts and I finished the live workout and I was like, you know, I fancy just getting a bit of, bit of a walk in, you know, and just getting some fresh air. So I rang you, didn't I? I was like, where are you? You know, I'm going to, I'll come and meet you. We'll grab a coffee type thing. <laughs> I was Fit- like hiding in the bushes. <laughs> and, uh, it, it was one of those, uh, um, oh. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, have, have I interrupted something? But the truth was like, you just wanted a bit of time on your own, didn't you? Like to listen to like a podcast. and Sometimes kind of- you don't know how much you need it till you go and be on your yeah, own. Yeah, for real. So sometimes like- you're fighting being in company. One walk we did, do you remember? We were walking back and I was getting a headache. And I remember saying to you, I've got a bit of a headache and you were talking and it was lovely. You were telling a story. Telling one of my fascinating stories, no doubt. But in the end, I just went, I just, I need you to not talk. for like, until shh, 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 shh. Please can you not talk until yeah. we get home and then ring your mum or something? Because I'm just gone. I, I literally am frazzled in my brain right yeah, now. I, hear I just, you. I just I need hear silence. You. And I didn't want to be rude because I was kind of going, yeah, yeah, to your conversation. No, but to be fair, I know when you're not listening. <laughs> Like it's quite it's quite obvious and then and i definitely know she's not listening when i actually stop talking and she hasn't even realized i've stopped talking yeah. <laughs> and said not like oh no carry on or anything yeah, like yeah. that it's almost like just you testing me yeah and then i said <laughs> you're not listening <laughs> i don't even say that now i'm just like yeah i'm done yeah, yeah. <laughs> make a little note of where i left off <laughs> I'll, and I'll, tell I'll, I'll tell her later <laughs> Um, but, but the thing is, is like, we're very good, aren't we? In that, you know, if, if you turn around to me and say, look, I just want to go for a walk on my own, listen to oh, a yeah, podcast. You wouldn't, you wouldn't like, be offended. I wouldn't be offended by that. I wouldn't start thinking, oh, yeah, she, 
just not love me anymore. Like she doesn't enjoy being with me because you know I I crave it myself sometimes. Yeah. You know, just a bit of me time. And sometimes I might just say to you, I'm going to walk into town and get a coffee and come back. And I don't take Hamish nothing. It's just me because I just don't want any yeah any any anything or anyone else to worry about. I just want to walk. I don't even check my phone. It just stays my. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that more and more lately because I just felt that I've just needed it so much just to kind of like detach yeah and just mm. block out all the noise i don't want to look at social media which i was guilty of sometimes even just walking along i just pull my phone out when i feel it buzz oh what's this notification it's like why do you need to check it right now yeah 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 check okay. it later on you know just walk enjoy your time on your own enjoy the peace and quiet you know gather your thoughts and work through whatever's going on in your head and it's been a and real I think it's also important to just also do you remember Paul Watson said this to us ages ago when we did a lot of events with him and he talked about doing like mindful walks and like using the dog almost as like your coach on this, like go out and just be in that walk, like listen to everything that you can hear, mm. um, look and see. And we were saying about how nature's just been like a, so powerful throughout all these lockdowns because it's added an element of change in a situation where it's just so stagnant at times. And yes, it's not been great this time in terms of like the weather and we just talked yeah. about that. It's like it's been a lot of rain, but equally I've loved sometimes going to bed at night with the window open, listening to the wind, the storm, the rain, and I've just found it comforting. But then to come out and see the stars in the morning and things like that, like it's there is a lot of you know, it's so much to be taken from that. One of our members said, you know, like Mother Nature's rocked up time after time with mm-hmm. like a beautiful sunrise or yeah. at the moment the dawn chorus at seven is just like it's something else but you can be guilty of plugging into a podcast putting your tunes on going out and just never hearing that yeah and it's i think it's nice sometimes to to try not to be you know with gadget and and go Mm. out and actually just absorb it all and not think when your mind starts chattering at you focus on the bird song focus on the smell focus on the you know like be a bit more hamish out on the walk like what can you see what wildlife is waking up and stirring and if you're in a city same thing like sometimes our favorite thing in city walks is actually just to go look in people's windows isn't it but whilst you're doing that you're not in your head with yeah. your chattering mind where i often try to i look in and try to figure as um, nosy as anything but i'll i'll be like oh, i wonder what person lives there and i wonder what that person's story yeah. is and stuff and suddenly i'm not thinking about me and it's really nice so funny you talking about looking through windows and um, i've had this like situation with um so where we live, we kind of live up on a level, don't we? Like, so <laughs> on our road, you've got the row of like terrace houses that are on the, you know, on the pavement, obviously, they're not floating. <laughs> <laughs> but then we're on the other side, but we're kind of on an elevated level. It's really hard to explain. So you have to go up a set of stairs to get to the terraced houses that are on yeah, our side. You need to explain. You just need to say that our lounge window is facing someone else's bedroom window. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So our lounge window... <laughs> is essentially completely invades their privacy doesn't it like we can see directly into their lounge into their bedroom everything (laughs) right but because we now do so many live workouts or outside of the live workouts we're always filming like more training videos and content so of course i have the camera set up where the window is (laughs) because obviously i can't have the window behind me because light blah 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 but weirdly, of course, when I film something, I then go back to the camera and I'm like looking into it just to make sure, like, how did that look? Was the positioning right? And I've had so many awkward moments now with 
the lady who's opposite, who I'm pretty convinced thinks that I'm filming her. (laughs) Um, Because we've had these like awkward, like eye contact moments where I'm a bit like, well, I'm going to pretend I haven't seen you, even though I have. And it looks like I'm blatantly just staring at you from my window. But I'm a bit like, you know, play it cool, whatever. Because I was thinking like, if they ever knock on the door and the the, the bloke might come around and say, hey, mate, look, just don't have a word. But my wife's convinced you're filming her. (laughs) I'd be like, mate, come in here. (laughs) Let me show you. Let me show you. This is what we do. I mean, in a way, I'm almost wishing he would. Because, you know, I I don't like the thought of someone thinking that I'm spying on them (laughs) and filming it for whatever reason. But but I have noticed lately that the curtains seem to be closed a lot. And I'm thinking, oh, no. Like, you know, even during the day, they've got the <laughs> curtains closed. It's because of me. <laughs> Funny enough, um, a video came up the other day of almost a year ago. You know, it was in like March sometime. So it was like 11 months ago uh, was the video. And it was at the start of when all this was kind of going on. And, and I think a lot of people were scared. A lot of people were confused. And, and of course, like, I just wanted to do a video, I suppose, to to try and... A video? Yeah. All right, so go on. Yeah, have you heard? You've, have you heard of those? No, no, I thought I thought you meant you this podcast. Sorry, I no, no, I did a video, and right, a okay, video sorry. kind of popped up on Facebook that one of our members actually tagged us in, and they right. were like, "Oh wow, for some reason this just come up on my feed again." Right, and it made me watch the video to what I had said, and it feels crazy to think that it was eleven months ago, and it was essentially just trying to get people to, I suppose, not panic and not let this get the better of us you know no one really knows what's going on and of course lots of change lots has changed since then but i remember thinking you know my message would still be the same yeah, like, yeah. let's not let this this fear and this worry make us panic make us make silly decisions well i think it's interesting now because we're being given like milestones aren't we right yeah but what's getting frustrating is if anything changes with that milestone which is happening at the moment everyone gets immensely and understandably frustrated about that process yeah but ultimately it doesn't change how we're going to get through it and yeah. what you need to be doing as a yeah. as an individual as a family as a unit as a household and and so very quickly i think sometimes it's good to, i think you do need to vent and just go for quick sake you know like um, that's annoying but now let's carry on with like you just said okay right, what are we going to do yeah. to make this bearable exactly and and not focus on a huge not place a huge reliance on those those dates and deadlines mm. because if it doesn't change we can't use that to define our, our happiness so it can't not. be like make it to that date just in case it doesn't pan out how it's supposed to exactly exactly and the thing is you're exactly right because when we talk about resilience like having resilience doesn't mean you never get stressed you never get worked up everything's always under control no matter what life throws at you yeah that's not resilience like you know, you need to have your moments, you know, you need to cry a little bit, shout a little bit, you know, like have a bit of a meltdown, eat a tub of ice cream, whatever it, whatever it is, like, you know, it's okay for you to do that. It's okay for you to have those, those moments. It's all part of the process, but you just need to make sure that at the back of your mind, you know, just because you've lost your shit for whatever reason, because it doesn't define you. It's just how you've responded in that moment. And now you need to start thinking like, right, I've had my moment. I've vented. I've got it out there. The situation is what the situation is. It hasn't changed. So now I need to come at it from a different angle and focus on what I can do in this scenario to make it work best for me, my family, my community. Your health. My health. (laughs) Because I think our biggest training in resilience 
has been our business. We've said this, didn't we? Yeah. Because now we've kind of been going for over 10 years. Oh, and the rest. And I think if somebody outlined to me how that 10 years was going to pan out at the very start, I'd have thought long and hard about whether I wanted to take that route. Yeah. But luckily no one did. So just like first lockdown, there was an element of like, I don't really know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So there was an element of like energy and excitement no and naivety, yeah. I suppose, about the process. So I definitely went in, I suppose, just kind of like hopeful and excited and, and had lots of faith in different things. And then I think running a business, we had some key absolute failures didn't we like proper and scary oh God, yeah. times scary times financially and and some really long periods of of loathing the position we were in on on different levels arguably like taking it out on each other so i was gonna yeah, say yeah. not loathing each other that would be horrible yeah. but just being what? horrid to each other weren't we like horrible because we were both so stressed and and angry at a situation we took it out on each other and we didn't have any escapes because we were both at home working on mm. a business together yeah. so we didn't have and there was a lot of blame and, and kind of chaos at that time and then I think we got to develop this this kind of process where we became much more kind of realistic about things so yeah. all of those horrible moments that we went through enabled us to build you know a level of resilience and strength and, and kind of endurance for harder times yeah and we look back and we go it happened for a reason. It really did. And it also guided us in different directions that we never thought it would. Yeah. So now we can see like sometimes, and I like to talk about the universe, whereas you're like, shut up about the universe. It doesn't yeah. pay the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> I think, you know, some greater power sometimes was just showing us certain lessons and, and pulling us in different directions. I find that easier for me to think about everything happening for a reason because when tough things happen you, you can get a bit like, why me? Like yeah. when is this gonna work out for me? When will my you know, I think when we first ran our business we were like almost when is this moment gonna come that makes life a lot easier than it currently is? Mm. And it just never came for no. ten years, did it? No, no, never. like it's, it's it's funny, like even as you're speaking now, like I'm just thinking of you know, because obviously, who knows when this lockdown is going to end? Who knows when all this drama, you know, COVID is going to end? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. nobody okay. knows. But equally... And there'll be more variants and let, more strains. Let, let's not assume that once lockdown is lifted and maybe once this is under control, that everything's just going to then all of a sudden be hunky-dory. Yeah. You know, there's a good chance that a lot of the problems or, the, or a lot of the things that are getting to you or stressing you out right now were a problem before. Now you just know about it. This has just kind yeah. of almost amplified that problem yeah. a little bit. And I don't know why, but the first thing I thought of then was the example we give with weight loss when, you know, we often say that people have this weight loss goal or they want to be a certain dress size or or whatever it may be. Or for guys, it might be the opposite of where, you know, when, when they can bench press a certain amount or squat a certain amount, all of a sudden, like, it's like, well, when I get to this weight or when I get to that dress size or when I can squat that much, I'll be happy. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, you might be a little bit happier yeah, because you got to that milestone. But trust me, that doesn't mean that all your other problems are going to go away because you weigh a certain amount. No, no, not at all. Do you know what I mean? And you'll be then looking for for the next thing and for the next thing. And I don't know why, that just made me, me think of that it, it, because I'm a bit like once lockdown's lifted... There's a good chance. This is what I'm saying about you're, you're pinning your happiness on a certain event, a certain, I suppose, like a kind of key outcome. 
And so, yeah. and this is what, you know, I do the same discussion with clients when they say like, I want to conceive or like you said, I want to reach this goal weight or I want to lift this amount of, I want to get this deadlift weight or win this race. And I'm like, and what if that doesn't happen? Mm-hmm. If that is the only outcome that's going to yeah. give you this sense of purpose and, and fulfillment, we could be in trouble here. Yeah. And there has to be this anticipation. One thing we learned really fast was to anticipate several outcomes and put measures in place for all of them. Yeah. And that was something that we said, okay, if this works out like this, this, and, and it's really hard. If you think about even as a business, you launch a product and you set yourself goals about how many people you would like to come on this event that you're running or retreat, whatever it might be. And if it's not even anywhere close to what the goal that you set yourself, you can end up in a complete spin with that and yeah. think, you know, I failed, haven't, hasn't worked out, what's wrong, should I even be doing this? Like you can go into this whole negative cycle and then you can run that event with those individuals, change key people, you know, a few, a few people's lives, you can change their lives and they can come back and say like, literally this was the best yeah. thing I ever did. And you realise that actually that's what's most important. Yeah. But it was that kind of starting process and I think this is where we struggled initially running a business. One of the things that, probably could have shut us down very quickly is if we continued to compare ourselves Hmm. and don't get me wrong this is something we we still do it because we do need an element of benchmarking as a business everyone's Um, guilty of you know comparison for sure but you'll see some peers just catapult into amazing success and with that success just comes like you sit there and think it's an easy life now because one you're very successful and success brings more success you get offered lots of free stuff you don't even need to bother about algorithms the algorithms work in your favor you're always in you get pr and all these kind of things and you can see that works for key individuals that just happens for key individuals and then weirdly you tend to just sit, sit there and watch that don't you over and over and over again i think this happens to anybody it could be that if you're a mum with kids you start looking at another mum that always just seems to have their shit together always looks amazing is always in the gym always looks perfect on the school run you can't stop looking at their newsfeed you literally go and find the newsfeeds when you're feeling low i'm gonna go and look at that perfect mum now yeah i don't know why i'm doing this i feel doubly shit now i just did it anyway and we all do it like i help i mentor some of the students and they say keep looking at other students that have graduated and they're doing all this stuff and i'm not starting and i don't launch my business and it's like but why do i keep looking at everyone else launching their businesses yeah yeah and i as you say it's just human nature isn't it i think i, I think it, i genuinely think it is and, and and going back to what you mentioned earlier about like i think like how you respond to a situation is a reflection of kind of your state of mind at that moment in time do you see what i mean yeah, and, yeah. and i keep looking back at times when i genuinely felt as though i didn't have a care in the world i wasn't focused on other people at all yeah i was so focused on us and what we do and, and who we're helping and, and whatnot and Gosh, it was a beautiful place to be, I tell you. And Do you want, I, I actually, what changed that then? What took you into that? Well, I, I don't know because, like, when I look back to when we um, when we self published our first book, don't get me wrong, it was a lot of work. It was a big financial investment from us, you know, because like I said, it you know self published. We paid for absolutely everything: the designer, 
proofreaders, obviously actually getting it printed, et cetera, et cetera. But there was something that was quite satisfying about that, knowing that like this is ours, like yeah, we made yeah. this, this is ours from start to finish. We also said an element of naivety. And no idea we, how, no expectation no, yeah, no, Nothing to compare it to. We ordered it, 500, do you remember? We thought if we can sell 500. We'll be happy. We'll be happy. And they, all, they sold out almost immediately through pre-order. We hadn't even printed them, have yeah, we? Yeah. And we were like, wowzers. This is insane, you know. And then that's when we started to look into order like five thousand, and we were like, you know, oh god, that's a big jump. But then it was like, oh yeah, but you know, it costs much less per unit, blah blah blah, all the kind of usual stuff. But we were like, do you know what? Let's go for it. And it was super exciting. And and do you know what? Touch wood, like we sold that five thousand plus another five thousand, and and it was great. We were like, oh, this is amazing. We've loved this. We've we've put our heart and soul into this, and. I don't know. I think like we had a real sense of purpose to what we were doing because we created this book that kind of happened out of luck to a degree, which we've discussed in the past. It kind of was started as something that was just meant to be a little recipe booklet for our clients and ended up becoming a full blown, full blown book. And we went, we went with it. But over time, like we, we, we've often said this, the second book, you know, was great and we still loved it, but it didn't have the same buzz because all of a sudden we had something to compare it to. Yeah. And you, really you almost couldn't help but think, well, if it doesn't sell as many, then it's... We're failing. We're failing. Yeah, People yeah. don't like us as much. They didn't They didn't like it enough to buy the book, to buy, to buy the second book. And also at the time, social media had accelerated massively in those the gap, those years beforehand. So suddenly loads more people doing recipes, loads more people doing mm. books and lots of celebrities kind of now getting involved with the same thing, catching on to the kind of health vibe. Yeah. Like, okay, now people want to have more healthy recipes, not just cookery generally. And I think we were so aware that the competition was much greater and I think there's an element to which we've talked about this ever since we started to run a business you see everything get clicky and I think when there's a perception that you're successful you can sort of see people feel you can pick Mm. up on a negative vibe towards you and we definitely felt that around you know some of our peers and we thought well we haven't done anything wrong like what have we done but they were a bit like yeah but you've done this you've got a book now and and you can feel that and no one kind of knew that as we're going along, there was still huge amounts of cost involved in everything we were doing. Yeah. So websites and printing the books and things like in design and stuff like that. So was it wasn't the- as, as I think people had this perception that we were this massive financial success yeah. and we could feel this, I suppose, like a little bit of resentment towards us occasionally. Not, well, from, not from everybody. No, but, like, I mean, but, but, you know, certain friends of ours in the industry who are like part of different like Facebook groups and things like that were kind of like feeding back to us that, you know, so-and-so had said this, so-and-so had said that. And we were a bit like, but again, at one stage, I didn't care. I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, like more you know, reflection on where you are. Yeah. Whether- and, but, and, and again, that was a nice place to be because yeah. it was almost like, okay, well, if that's your opinion, that's fine. Yeah. It's wrong. But, you know, you, you kind of crack on and, and well crack on. When you're vulnerable and... And, exactly. and challenged and, and stressed and, and questioning. And like I said, as it got harder and harder, I was questioning, like, do I actually have the resilience you know, to do this? To I don't do know this, that yeah. I've got that. I don't know if I'm thick skinned enough to take the the constant pressure of what we're doing and the, the scariness of because we did a lot of projects where we put the money in, not knowing how it was going to pan out. Yeah. And I know personally, marketing is just not my skills <laughs> at all like I'm just not very good at the hard sell my dad like laughs and goes like why don't you just go and pay people to work for them I was like right, pay yeah. someone to work with you like literally yeah. you're so bad at this carriers and he would he would you know be on at me all the time and, and but you know it, it, 
marketing is is so many different things now isn't it but it used to be so much simpler didn't it like yeah. when we look back to the first book like if someone would say oh what was your marketing strategy <laughs> we'll be like um just post some recipes on facebook of how we then, of how we eat and that's what it was like <laughs> yeah. when we look back at what fitter food started as it was just some really sketchy looking photos of our dinners yeah. and, and recipes which at the time we probably thought looked really really good and people loved the recipes and it just kind of evolved from there so when we were like hey guys we've got a book people were a bit like well i've loved what you've posted i've loved the recipes that i've tried i'm gonna buy this book do you see what i mean yeah, yeah it was very very straightforward but then of course over time facebook got very savvy and we're a bit like hang on a minute people are making money off of our platform yeah we can't have that you need to start running ads if you want to start promoing a product, you know, and which to be fair, you know, fair play, you know, it's fair. Yeah, yeah. fair. We don't, we... But it, the second book, we noticed that it was just, a. it seemed a lot harder to sell it than yeah, the first yeah. book. It didn't seem like it was quite the, the natural sell. And don't get me wrong, we still sold a decent chunk, but it definitely felt like we had to be more strategical. You know, we did look into things like ads and social media um, strategies and things like that. But but just going back to what Kerry said about like perception of other people and other people's success and, you know, assuming that they've got everything figured out and everything's just great for them, happy days. We definitely experienced that towards us. You know, people associate, especially when we got the publishing deal, people think you got a book. You guys are absolutely killing it. And we used to have like people mention, you know, message us and be like, oh, you're absolutely smashing it and this, that and the other. But let this be an exclusive like the publishing deal that we did in the uk was the worst thing we ever did yeah, yeah. and that's the straight up truth like and we when, and we've we're, lost the rights to that passion project now yeah but thinking it's kind that of, we were and, and there was one theory that was presented to us was that sometimes people publish you to hide you and that was kind of maybe what we so think you're it's almost so you're not a competitor to yeah, like yeah. another one of their authors that's whereas we a, do we a bit more big time we just like. couldn't work out why we were getting no help from our publisher whatsoever and now we're like well that probably makes sense looking at the other yeah. books they published almost the same time well funny enough like we first of all i just want to say like the the u.s publishing deal that we got with uh mark sisson uh, uh primal publishing was was phenomenal we had a really great relationship with those guys absolutely loved it and it kind of felt how i suppose i'd envision having a publishing deal would be yeah you know they got us on podcasts they got us uh, articles in different like magazines there was so much communication they'd message us with like oh guys we've got this idea like would you like to get involved we went to the primal con yeah, in events. mexico yeah. and in upstate new york it was brilliant it was so much fun and we were like wow this is this is phenomenal so then when a UK publishing deal was kind of offered to us we were like well it's a no-brainer surely like you know we bring out a UK version look how great it's been doing the US version and this that and the other but weirdly like and we often talk about this don't we like gut feeling we came away from the meeting to where we kind of went through what would have been like a strategy if you will for publishing the book and we both came away like just a little bit like I suppose not how you'd imagine you'd come away from a meeting like that and I said to you, like, is this a sign? You know, like, I don't know if there's like just a little bit in me that isn't sure about this. So maybe we should just carry on doing what we're doing yeah, with, yeah. with the book. And um, but then you're left with that dilemma, aren't you, of, well, if you don't go for it, you know, you've got to be able to just own that situation and know that you'll never know what would have been. Yeah, yeah. But if you it's do go risk. for it and it could be amazing, 
you know, you, you could sell tens of thousands of books, change loads of people's lives, have a positive impact, get another book deal, like TV, like, you know, your head starts going crazy. And I said to you, I'd rather feel like we went for it and it didn't work out than not go for it and not know what would have been. However, <laughs> when we did decide to go for it, I suppose we didn't anticipate it being quite as bad as it was. Do you know what I mean? You know, like, you know, we're, we're not here to bash. Like, don't get me wrong. It is one of those things I look back on and I'm like, oh, I wish we didn't do that. But at the same time, like, I am a firm believer in you either win or you learn. Do you know what I mean? And this for us was a massive learning curve and a real eye opener to the, you know, just because you get a publishing deal doesn't mean you're going to be the next JK Rowling (laughs) or, you know, you're going to be the next Jamie Oliver or Joe Wicks and sell millions of books. Do you know what I mean? What we can definitely identify with, because I think a lot of people look at mine in your situation in lockdown and think they don't have kids, they're not homeschooling, they're training all the time. You know, I suppose like there's a perception. Their life's amazing. Every day's a party. But if there's one thing that we've had over the last 10 years, it's a huge degree of financial uncertainty, a, a, a very kind of intensive home atmosphere of like you could literally work from and we've tried it believe me like five in the morning until 10 o'clock at night just to try to secure a living and a status as in like don't ever step offline because you'll be forgotten about you know i mean and and i think this is very much kind of reflective of this current situation where people are in this home intensive environment working excessively to justify that they will have a job at the end of all of this with the recession that's coming through and getting you know maybe you know a lot of conflict with their personal relationships as a result of this because you know there'll be moments where you want to work really late and I'll be like well I want to switch off now you know, I've, yeah. I need to switch off where is my partner that I want to talk and have dinner with yeah, yeah. vice versa you know I would work late and you'd be like well this is great what's the point in all this running this business if we have no life and yeah. we've kind of gone through that that whole period together and I think another element of it is the isolation in that no one is really in your position. There's parallels. And, and I said, like, lockdown's been a good leveller in some ways in that we're all facing similar challenges. Mm. But I'll never forget thinking, I'm so different to my friends who are employed. I'm so different to my friends who have kids now because I've got this baby, this business that just dominates all my time. Yeah. But I, I can't talk to them about it because their stresses are different to my stresses. So it's also kind of at times lonely and isolating. And, and even friends, that, I, I do have friends that run businesses and we chat a bit about this, but many of them are kind of not in it with their partner. So that's yeah. also slightly different. They're doing it as a hobby, not as a hobby, sorry, but they're, they're only part-time. There isn't the same pressure. Yeah. Whereas when the two of you are in this business, it's like we earn this living together. And when it's going wrong as a household, we're high risk here. So yeah. we've been high risk for, for mortgages and all sorts, haven't we, in the past? And <laughs> yeah. if we ever told the story, very quickly, we got our first mortgage, didn't we? Because we were so high risk by giving the bank manager a copy of the book before we'd actually launched it. Do you remember this? Yeah. And we showed him that we'd uh, pre-sold because we had a little sample of the book and we said, we've pre-sold this many. So as of January, we think we're going to be in a different state financially and he managed to get the underwriters to agree the mortgage on the basis of yeah. that. And he was amazing, wasn't he? Oh, he was brilliant. Like, and honestly. We like, oh, we, can we have you as our mortgage broker for the rest of our lives? <laughs> it, it was great because, like, for anyone that doesn't know, like, when you're self-employed, so if you're, like, applying for a mortgage, they'll normally go, oh, we'll show us, like, three years accounts type thing. And if you're self-employed, 
let's say your income has gone up each year over the last three years, they add the three years together and then just divide it by three to get an average of the three years. If, however, let's say your more uh, your income went up, so year one and then year two, it went up, but then year three, it went down. They take year three. They take your third year so or as, as, the, as what your income was for the three years. They don't do the whole add it together and divide it by three thing, which we learn because we'd actually taken a bit of a hit on our income because of the we reduced things like our PT and things like that so we could focus on getting the book written so our income went down and when we explained this we were like oh you know but look at this like look at these pre-orders we've had blah 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 because he you know that meeting was horrible wasn't it when he was like oh look um, okay so computer says no (laughs) (laughs) but here's what I'm going to do and he told us what he was going to do and he really fought our corner didn't he and like I say he got us our he got us our first mortgage got us our first house Um, what a legend what a legend but I was also going to say like the other side of it is as well as you know your situation becomes difficult and like I said you've got this tendency to kind of compare yourself to people where you think their life's easier you can't relate to the people who would normally be your support network like your friends and things because mm. your situation is different and then the other thing that we noticed is our parents were amazing when we first launched the book but over time as they saw how hard everything was getting for us as a business they also kind of hinted like is this the right thing for you we're yeah. worried about it. it was it came from a good place we're worried about your health like yeah. should you do this and then over time my dad said we had this really amazing chat actually over christmas and he said It's quite hard being a parent for you right now because we don't know your world. Like, I don't know how to help you. If you were in a a job and you wanted a promotion and you wanted to pitch to your boss, like he's come from corporate world. He's like, I could sit down and go through that with you. But he's like, I don't know social media. I don't know online. I don't know how to market. He he came up with an idea the other day, a marketing idea, and he said it. And he was like, you know, you like that news S protein powder. Have you approached them about, you know, bless your dad for like thinking of an idea. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, they've already got 200 people, like athletes working for them. Uh, Good afternoon, Mr. News S. If you just like to pay me a load of money (laughs) and I'll talk about your products. (laughs) Kind regards. <laughs> and I just thought, like, but I actually, we, it was a really amazing conversation to have together. And he yeah. was saying, like, and he said, because we got to a point where I said, I don't know that my parents are even proud of me anymore because I just rock up and I look so tired. And I'm like, it's been really hard. And sorry, I've had to miss this because I worked late and I've had to do this. And, you know, they worry about you and stuff. And I said, I don't even know that they're proud. I don't even know that they like what I do anymore. You've said the same. Like, yeah. I don't even know that my mum cares what I do anymore. She just wishes I'd probably get a job so I could spend more time with her. You know, And, like- and I know my my mum would love it <laughs> if I turned around and said, Mum, I'm, I'm becoming an estate agent. Yeah. <laughs> Got a proper job. Yeah. You know, <laughs> salaries, sick pay, annual leave and yeah, all that. Yeah. She'd be like, oh, what a oh, relief. God. Because, that, you know, it must, it must be hard for them because, like, you know, that you're, you're, the, you're, your you're their baby, yeah. you know, and they want you to be happy and they want you to be healthy. And I think, like like you said, like, if it's not a world that they can relate to, like, my mum can't relate to the, the stresses that are associated with being self-employed because she never has been. And, and you do look like you're just dusting around yeah. on social media at times. Yeah, like you're on Facebook. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, like that was, yeah, there's been so many of those moments, like, where, you know, I'll be at my mum's and I'll be like, oh, mum, I'm just quickly doing this. And she thinks I'm just fighting around on Facebook. Facebook, yeah, but yeah. 
believe it or not, like a Facebook post or replying to a Facebook message. Is work. It's yeah, work. You know, yeah, yeah. replying to a Facebook message is like replying to an email. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's just yeah, on yeah. a different platform for us. But I think for a lot of people, there's they can't quite get their head around that. But I was telling you that story the other day, wasn't I, about that guy who, I can't remember his name now, uh, the guy who was in the American office and also... The, oh, I can't remember his name. No. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Not, not, not Steve Carell. The, oh, I'm um, thinking Steve Carell, sorry. No, no, the other guy. I'll, I'll figure it out in a second. But he's in. The, I think he's in the new like Tom Clancy thing. No, whatever. I'll think of his name. Uh, if it, you Google this, The Office US... Yeah, okay. John John Krasinski. Like, um, you'll probably recognise him from like a few different films now. He was on a talk show, and there was this interview about when he was trying to make it as an actor, and he'd kind of said to his uh, he said to his mum, he was like, "I'm going to go for this, you know, I'm going to go to LA or or wherever it was, and I'm going to really, I'm going to do that what everyone does. I'm going to become a waiter to earn a living, and I'm going to go for auditions, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that." And she turned around and said to him, and was like. Um, like, John, like, that's fine. I want you to do that. But if in, like, two, two and a half years, like, it's not working out, give yourself that time frame and just be like, I gave it a shot. I'm going to go home now. Like, it didn't work out. Because she said, like, as you're, like, you need to make that decision. Because as your parent... I can't do that for you. I can't tell yeah, you to be responsible to, to give that. up on something. Yeah. I'm getting a bit emotional actually because I thought it must be so hard as a parent to like say, "Look, that's enough now. Stop. It hasn't worked. <laughs> You're going." <laughs> I started it. Keris is finishing it. <laughs> but anyway, the amazing story was he uh, had been going for like two years odd. And hadn't hadn't got anywhere. He'd got a few small gigs and this, that, and the other, but he hadn't got anything. hadn't got to where he wanted to be. And he rang his mum, and um, I'm laughing because I don't want to cry. <laughs> he rang his mum, and he was like, "Look, you're right. I, I, I need to call it a day <laughs> because <laughs> you're never going to get know, it out. <laughs> I know, I know. Because you know, it's been like two odd years. Nothing's happened. I'm going to come home. I want to come home. She turned around and said, "Look." You know, you might as well, I think she said like something along the lines of like, you know, it's been nearly three years now. You might as well see it out and do three years and say you've done it solid. A week later, he got the office. Amazing. Do you know, and it's, I'm trying to like... And that's what kind of like, that's what set him up. Like that was his first major stepping stone onto, you know, you know, the the world of acting. I was going to say that... We got there in the end. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I love biographies and true stories true films we're always posting about it online aren't we saying like I love this story Green Book or Joy or Molly's Game or anything about like uh, you know kind of ridiculous resilience and, and like belief in yourself when people ask me they go oh you know what what's helped you what what health podcasts do you listen to and things like that for you I'm like none of that none. <laughs> as soon as you're out in, in like wherever you are in the in the world right now whatever you're trying to do be a parent be a employer you know kind of guide anyone through this process you know through lockdown if you're responsible for anyone or just yourself and you're kind of battling through the isolation of it like I just find people's stories so inspiring and that's why I'm always you know I buy the weekend papers and I want to read biographies I want to read you know kind of histories yeah. of people and like you I hear a lot of stories of people who it's like oh when I got to 50 so they were 10 20 years in the trenches doing all this kind of stuff and then it's like they finally 
discovered what they're supposed to do, yeah. where they're supposed to be. And I think if you guys are out there now and just feeling this is probably maybe one of the most difficult times of your life, difficult years of your life, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of unknowns, there's, you know, it's just a challenge on every level. Look around and 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 find that kind of that story that will inspire you, you know, yeah. find that that kind of faith. And that's definitely what's helped me at times. Because honestly, that if you actually knew the truth of our circumstances, as our kind of parents do, some people would be like, you two are crazy to still keep going with this. <laughs> well, like, well, what why, are you doing? Why would you do that? <laughs> like, my, my health issues last year were just like testimony to that. Like, why are you still doing it? And the only answer I have is, it's like a gut feeling that this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, we both yeah. said like... I don't know what else I'd do. And I think, but what we did make the mistake of, and this is what I think most people are probably doing right now is you can enjoy the process better. Even right now, this whole thing, you can find happiness. You can find something to be grateful for and you can enjoy the process more if you put key things in place. And it's why we never stop now, even though, you know, mentors out there are like, you need to hustle, you need to work really long hours. Mm. If you look at us, actually, we will always exercise. We will always eat well. We will always treat ourselves to some food that we really love as well. We're not like, you know, saints with it. We will (laughs) guard our sleep and we will have our boundaries in place. And yes, we slip from time to time, but we don't attack each other for that now we don't we don't no, kind of you know not we, physically we, anymore. no and we both because <laughs> i would win uh, <laughs> got you in a headlock does anyone do chinese birds I anymore don't know. Or, or like dead arm dead leg or dead legs we used to call dead them granddads did you yeah because you used to for some reason, boys used to think it'd be funny to like knee you in the side of the leg, and then of course, like your leg would go dead. So the idea was you call it granddad because you walk like a granddad. Oh, right. <laughs> afterwards. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, we've kind of gone off on a tangent, but but just like bringing it back to like how do you get through these kind of long endurance like type situations? That kind of self care element has to be in place. That awareness has to be in place, and I think I've really had a word with myself the last couple of years where I've been like I can't put myself in this situation with this responsibility and then continue to be you know kind of repeat negative habits and my negative habits is not yes I eat a bit too much chocolate every now and then but it's not that type of negative habit it's my negative habit is comparing myself looking at people that are more successful than me um, berating myself for not working hard enough that day reflecting back on mistakes I've made and then just repeating them over in my head wishing I'd not done that you know things that you cannot change and this is why I've found like I'll find things that bring me that sense of of energy back or that motivation back and it is often like I said biographies true stories listening to other people's challenges i mentioned louis through's podcast a couple of podcasts ago i think because i've loved hearing their stories their challenges and the fact that people can almost have like several different lives in one yeah so you could almost be defined by your failings in life because you didn't succeed at that one thing but how do you not know that you're not the most amazing ex do you know what i mean like you could be it didn't work out with that but actually with this other thing and that's why you have to like you said you basically just keep learning you keep learning about yourself you keep learning about life you keep learning about you know well the thing is like when you when you have like you know your first child you've never had a child before so you don't know exactly necessarily what you're going to do 
you know, you can read books, you can get advice from your parents or friends that have had kids and this, that and the other, but... You can't you know, get advice from your parents now. <laughs> huh? You can't get advice from your... My mum and dad are like, we can't give advice. It's a different world. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Because <laughs> the same yeah. thing is happening with my parents trying to help my brother with their kids because yeah. their kids are, dry, are growing up in a completely different environment. Of course, it is. It's a different so time. So my dad's like, I'm redundant there as well. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, he's like, you know, and then when you have your second child there are certain things you'll probably do a bit differently, differently because yeah, of what yeah. you learned from the first. Like, and the way we relate to that is we have that conversation of if we ever get another dog, yeah. <laughs> here's what we would have done differently as part of, you know, training them from a pup because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, we're not, we're not, we're not dog experts. We're not dog trainers, but you know, there's certain things we look back and we, we know we could have done a better job of, we could yeah. have done things differently to make our lives a bit easier, etc., etc. And it's, and it is, it's that learning curve. It's not necessarily having it all figured out from the off, but just learning a little something and, you know, same goes for the lockdown. You know, what did we learn from lockdown one, lockdown two, lockdown three, four, five, six, <laughs> however many more there are going to be of how, like Kerry said, that we can kind of like safeguard ourselves and our health and make the best decisions that, that we can based on what we do know and what we can control not the unknowns yeah, yeah. because they're the things that will eat away at you one thing that my dad did say actually it was really nice when he was having this little kind of you know marketing meeting with me <laughs> trying to go up with ideas yeah. but he just said you know like he said he said you'll never know what it's like to be a grandparent or parent now because we can't help you like we could and that's so frustrating sometimes which was lovely and it was just a reminder that they do care you know like yeah. you sometimes because you're a bit like i'm out here on my own and you can also, I think sometimes the interactions that you have with your parents, your grandparents, whoever, because we're all in different worlds now, you think that their, I suppose their their input isn't going to be as valuable as it, you know, yeah. was maybe 20 years ago. But actually, it is in some ways, because my dad then kind of reiterated and he said, you're so resourceful, you and Matt, you have so many skills you have so many solutions and i remember thinking it's like getting a school report here like, yeah. do you know what i mean i'm getting like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh this is this is nice okay but why it was really nice to hear that is i had forgotten that i'd lost faith in that in myself at yeah. times and that's when he was like just never forget that and i think anyone listening here look back and you have been all of those things of there are times you've been resilient you've been resourceful it is within us but we forget. And it's also, like I said, you can go through really long periods of time where you're so focused on the negative and the intensity of this situation. Yeah. Like I said to you, even just today, I said, we have to, you're about to do your next launch of Strong Humans Club. And there's a lot of logistics and again, unknowns with lockdown and it, you're, you're, it's winding you up. You can spend whole days trying to resolve one minor thing. And you come downstairs and you're like, my whole day is ruined because it's just been dedicated to one thing and I've not even sorted it. Yeah. And, and you'll be stomping around the house and you'll be like, you know, and, and <laughs> I've said to you, you have to enjoy the process of what you're doing yeah, more. Yeah. Otherwise, and it's a bit like if you're a parent with kids, and I know this is a really stressful situation and you, you'll all be thinking, she cannot give advice on this. She is not homeschooled. And I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so I do agree with that. But if there is any way you can take some joy from what you see in your day, homeschooling yeah. or helping, do it. And, and and if you're hating your job, if you're different, you're on Zoom all the time, then go outside and take joy from nature. Like yeah. something else. Zoom your mates, have a beer online with them. Do something to take, to enjoy parts yeah. of your day because life is not about doing, it's about 
being and living and, Ooh, and experiences. Ooh, like it's, it's not just tick, tick, tick. Do you know what I mean? And I, th- I think we go through phases yeah, like that. 100%. And, and this is where the whole comparison thing is... Destructive. Is, is very destructive yeah. because there is no... Look, there is no perfect way to raise a child. There is no perfect way to homeschool. There is no perfect way to run a business. You know, there is no perfect way to deal with a a, a lockdown. You know, it's everyone's circumstance is different. And you can take little bits of advice that you might have got from somebody else. But please, like, you know, and and this is what I'm talking to ourselves here as well. Like, don't compare other people's circumstances to yours and assume that you've got everything all figured out based on a photo you saw on Instagram or a video that you saw on Instagram, because that shows a tiny little snippet of that particular moment. And I know we all know this, but you need to remind yourself of it and... I think because both you and I still have contact with, it sounds silly, but I think once you become, when you're running any business like health and nutrition and stuff online, I've said this to you, you can see that there's a disconnect with the real world and where people truly are. We're lucky in that we've always continued to work with people. And so we always know the general vibe to a certain extent. I think if you're not practicing as in like working with clients and, and, and kind of on the shop floor, you can really... I don't know. Yeah, you just lose that connection. And so what you'll start to see with the health and fitness nutrition industry is that, like you've just said, a lot of perfection posts going out there. Like, yeah, this is what I lift. This is how great my butt looks. This is how my this is my morning (laughs) smoothie It's full of turmeric and all that kind of stuff. And and if you're a, you know, kind of consumer of that information, then it just makes you feel worse and worse about what you're not doing, essentially. Um, but it's like you, but, you but it never sorry just one more thing and it never ceases to amaze me how much although we should know this I still speak to people who say like I scroll through my social media and I see everybody doing this and it triggers me it triggers me and I'm just like god it, it still is even though we know it shouldn't like I said we shouldn't look at those things we shouldn't take them to heart we shouldn't believe them to be the 100% the truth no you do and I think I think that's why you do see a lot of people kind of come off social media but my sure. my advice is edit the newsfeed because I have some people that I follow that I just love their stuff you know and it's 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 from the heart it's truth it's honest it's you know and it's it's helping me grow as a person it's helping me have more resilience and yeah, confidence in myself sure. and if it's doing the opposite what I see in that post then you know I kind of I'm like I need to unfollow this person no no I agree I agree like you know like I I've actually you know my interests outside of kind of fitness nutrition weight training etc are things like um like business photography wildlife and whatever and obviously on the business side of things i actually unfollow can i just stop you there photography yeah in what sense like as in i can appreciate a good picture you know what i mean (laughs) does that make you a photographer I didn't say that I was a photographer. Oh, right. But I follow sorry. people that are photographers. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah? Sorry. So right I misunderstood you. you. How rude. But I wouldn't even say you're a photographer. I didn't say I was a photographer. No, but like interested in photography. No, like I can, I can, like, I can just appreciate, you know, like a really amazing shot that somebody's got. Like I've been following these people that show how they get a shot. Okay. So rather than just like, oh, here's this lovely picture. Yeah. It's like, here's how I got this picture. You That's know, photography. Kind of. Yeah, but this goes as far as, my God. Can I, I say it because you never take any pictures no, on no, your phone. No, no, yeah, but, but you know, I can do that this, if I want. This is, this is a slight issue between us, isn't it? Like, I'll, go, I'll say, I need a picture map of me, 
And all I've got is selfies. I ain't got none. And he They're all of me. me. <laughs> <laughs> They're all of me. And then I go, me, food and Hamish. Should I be slightly offended by this? I think about it for a second and then I can't be bothered to be offended. <laughs> it's like, why do you not take any photos of me? You're used to it now. It is bad, to be fair. Because I love taking photos of I you. I know, I've never but really... I love taking photos of all the people I love. Like, I've yeah. always done it. I've never been a photo person in that respect, no, though. Haven't. Like... You know, even when we're on holiday, like you always have to remind me to get a photo, don't you? Yeah. But then at the same time, there's there's something in that. You know, I'm just enjoying the moment. I'm like there, topless yeah. going, get a photo. Get this. <laughs> Come on, literally trying to get your attention. <laughs> Come on, take a photo. What do I need um, to do? I've lost my train of thought now. Oh, that was it. I, I unfollowed... Um, you were said it to be highbrow on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, wildlife and <laughs> politics and you know, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I actually, so I actually unfollowed a you few... You just watched millions of videos about squats I and toasted yeah. bar. That's what um, you watch. 101 Bulgarian split <laughs> squat variations. It's <laughs> a new video series I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right. No right, more interruptions now, yeah? Okay, so I unfollowed some of these like business pages because they were pushing too much of this kind of what an ideal situation should be in order for somebody to be successful in business. And I don't like it when people make these absolute statements, yeah, you know, yeah. in, to achieve this, you have to do this because it implies that you've got to get hardly any sleep. You've got to yeah. prioritize working on your business over your health and anything else in order to succeed because it will be worth it in the end, blah, 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 blah. And the same goes with like diet, nutrition. You know, know? I was about to say, it's yeah. like the same parallel. Anything now, dogmatic, I will do a whole podcast on this, but I am moving away from certain individuals and I would say certain subgroups of nutrition because they're constantly like, oh, you have to pay for this really expensive test to truly know your nutrient status, yeah, your blah, metabolic blah, blah, status. Blah. No, you don't. Oh, you have to do this test to know about your gut health. No, you don't. Like, And, and, yeah. it, and it's, it's driving me mad. And I'm like, gosh, they're misleading people, getting them to spend a fortune. And I bet you they cannot guarantee that they're actually going to bring the desired results. And this is what we found with business mentoring, didn't we? Some people we did invest in. We had some success with people who are amazing but some people we spent a lot of money and they brought us nothing <laughs> do you know what I mean God. but they were so dogmatic about but if you're not doing this <laughs> you will yeah you will you will never succeed and we got sucked in and we did it and then we were like we're no better off we're worse off now but yeah. that's the thing it's a tough one because you do go through these phases of like you know we don't consider ourselves amazing amazing business people so therefore we look to other people that do look like they know what they're doing in that field. Yeah. And, you know, like we'll invest in them and we'll work with them and hopefully we can like learn a thing or two and and and, and make progress. But and the same goes with, with health and nutrition. You know, if you feel if you're not in the industry, it's not necessarily your bag, but you have got a passion for exercise and you do want to lose weight and you want to be healthier and all of these things, it's easy to look at someone who maybe looks a certain way, who's got a physique or a figure that that you aspire to have. And, and it's easy to get sucked into, oh, but this is what so-and-so eats. Yeah. This is how so-and-so trains. And you make that absolute kind of like decision that to look like that, you must do this because that's yeah, what yeah. they do. And a good a good practitioner would actually be way more interested in you yeah. and asking a lot of questions about you to develop what works for you. Yeah. And like you don't see that. And it's really interesting because I only help a few kind of graduates with the, the kind of business side. I have no way would I, but mostly I'm telling them what not to do. But when I do, I'm always like, well, 
tell me about you. Like, mm. what makes your heart sing? What circles do you move in? What communities? What are you going to love being in day in, day out? And I just think when we had that support as business, few people asked that, did they, initially? No, no, Many people no, were no. just like, here's what you need here's to what you do. Have to do. Here's <laughs> what you have to like, do. And even when we tried to put our foot down sometimes, it's not really us. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, they were adamant. And in a way, you kind of admired their confidence. But at the same time, it was another reminder that we should have kind of stayed a bit truer to ourselves yeah, and trusted yeah, yeah. our gut a little bit more. And but that's um, we were putting faith in professionals, yeah. you know, and it's and we you know, we trusted we got more cynical with <laughs> experience. Oh, yeah. We've we? decided we are never working with anyone ever again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I tell you actually to give a nice example and a bit of a shout out to someone, we follow a guy called uh, Mike Samuels, who's also known on social media as the coffee shop copywriter. Followed him for years, really like what he's about spent a half day with him once didn't we in terms of like helping us with our like copywriting and and whatnot really really lovely guy and someone i feel that we can like truly relate to and going back to what keris was saying earlier about kind of like focus focusing on the individual and what what works best for them in their situation is mike samuels has always said like he's never been great on video he doesn't really like doing video so when there was all this talk on social media, you know, you've got to do video this, you've got to do video that. That's what the algorithms are going to prioritise over everything else. He was like, well, no, that doesn't make any sense because I don't like doing video. Why would I want to do lots of things that I, A, don't like and B, don't think I'm particularly good at? But what I am good at is copywriting. Yeah. I've made a pretty decent living thus far writing copy for other people and also uh, in his mentoring program where he actually helps people to write better copy to become better copywriters or just help them within their business and he made that decision of like this is what I'm going to do because it focuses on my strengths and it's ultimately what's going to make me happy and work for me I really admired that because I thought there's a lot of people that's like no 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 you have to do video have to do video yeah. content like if you want to get any kind of traction on Facebook Instagram whatever it may be but about this is if you like literally link this back now to like homeschooling and things like that that people are working through i'm seeing a lot of dogma around that like you have to be doing this you need to be at this point in mm. time with the, the, the homeschooling you need to be that you know i'd imagine in businesses that people are getting competitive if, you, if, on. You're, if your six-year-old isn't fluent in a second language yeah, yeah, yeah. by now then something's wrong and we've forgotten <laughs> to like everything needs per to be personalized it yeah. really really does especially in this situation and you're giving that example of someone who that just got that awareness but you know that does take time yeah you have to get the kind of experience with that comes the kind of the realization and then eventually comes the the confidence of like this is what i'm good at this is what i'm not good at this is what i'm going to do in this situation it's going to work for me right now and i'm not going to sweat you know the kind of long-term mm. outcomes and i think like i said just through time i think you just become much more i suppose like tuned into your gut with it and i think like when we do speak to people now doing the homeschool and they talk about the pressure of some people kind of handing in like perfect work and all so-and-so yeah, is yeah. up to this point in time. And I think we've kind of said, that, yeah, we're lucky to not be in that environment, but we're in another one, which is fitness and nutrition, which is equally kind of cutthroat competitive at times. Yeah, yeah. And then you're just a bit like, oh, crikey. But, you know, the advice I often give to people is you get the blinkers out. You just get the blinkers yeah. out and you tunnel vision down onto like, okay, what does my gut, my heart, my brain, what do I love doing? What do I think is right? What can I see as, as kind of my future yeah. and crowd out the noise? And, and that's where we've talked about that time outside, time alone, you know, with yourself is sometimes really helpful to kind of get that 
that message back. Um, actually, just on this note, I'm going to tell you a very interesting story then we should probably finish, but... Nah, leave it. Let's move on. <laughs> no, go on. I, uh, we're watching at the moment, um, It's a Sin. Yeah, yeah. And I oh, love it. One one episode to go. And I've read, so Russell T. Davis is one of the people that I've been reading a lot of his story and it's hugely inspiring. If you haven't read it, go and read his story. And because I want to write kind of maybe fiction film one day, probably when I'm 60 and totally out of touch with society, it'll be a, re- <laughs> it'll be a retro movie. Um, you know, I've said to you, I'd love to have a go at writing uh, kind of fiction and stuff. But anyway, I, I was reading his story and we've been watching it and I've just loved the soundtrack and I've said to you, like, God, it's amazing how someone can take you on this journey into their past. Yeah, yeah. So it's just so in touch with like, you know, that that the times that it's um, talking about. But then I've noticed I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm thinking about it. And it is an incredibly sad story if you if you haven't seen it. So I'm waking up and I'm thinking about it. I've got a feeling the last episode is going to be hot, the yeah, saddest year. Really, really hot. I know this is coming. And um, a friend who's a sleep coach said, I asked her about it. And I said, like, I don't normally wake in the night. I normally wake in the night and I think about like, I sometimes think about clients and stuff like that. But I don't normally wake and think about a program. But yeah. it's quite an emotive program. And she was saying, sometimes emotionally sensitive people have to watch what they watch late at night. And I've always known this with horror movies. You'll never catch me <laughs> watching a horror movie, never. Um, but I've never really had it with an emotional program. Maybe I have occasionally. Anyway, she said, so, you know, be really careful about what you watch late at night because it can trigger, you know, a kind of emotional process in you and then you wake up and it kind of is linked to maybe underlying fears or thoughts of your own and I suppose yeah. like just losing loved ones is probably a key theme right now that's on everybody's mind um but uh, there's so many parallels in it's a sin to covid and like we were just talking about that the reactions of people in the street and things like that they kind of yeah, you know, <laughs> so there's just so we've said like it's just amazing the parallels that you can see here but what she said was you're also not making time in the day to process some of these thoughts. So if they are like kind of deep down concerns and, you know, kind of emotions, are you just sitting with yourself and feeling them in the day? And I was like, yeah, not, not in any way. Like I literally, um, we just talked about this this morning. I said, I'm up and I'm dog out and I'm, you know, training and walk the dog and record a, a session and do some work with the client. And then I said, literally we sit down at six and then I go, now watch something that, you know, I want to watch. And she said, you're not, giving yourself that that processing time and we had a chat about it and I said maybe that's why you're getting so venting like het up sometimes and venting about small stuff because you're just not giving yourself that mental break to go upstairs and we've said we might start to have like lie down breaks lie on your bed for five to ten minutes breathe into your belly and just reconnect with like your your greater purpose and your thoughts. And if there's something really scary that you're thinking about, feel it. Like where I think if you suppress it I think it comes up again at night and yeah. you, do, you do your nighttime wee and then you're like, oh. <laughs> and then it's like you're yeah. awake for an hour with it. But that's been my biggest really struggle lately is like I'll, I'll get up in the night. Well, weirdly, first of all, I virtually never have to get up in the night to no, go to no, the No, no, you loo. don't. And that's new for you. Whereas at the moment, I'm getting up in the middle of the night every night, it Welcome seems. to Nocturia Club. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then all of a sudden, like, because I've got up and gone to the loo, it's an opportunity for my mind to kind of wake up and I just start thinking about stuff. And then I'm, I go back to bed and I'm like, great, this is me for a bit now. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't just switch it off. And it's really bizarre because it's such a, it's not something I, you know, you don't go, oh, I'm going to think about something really stressful right now. Yeah, yeah. It just, it, it just, it just happens. It pops into your head for whatever reason. And and you've got to try and, like, you've got to try and deal with that. And I suppose, like, to kind of bring this all back to 
what we've been talking about is like different forms of resilience. Because I think a big part of this is just how you deal with maybe potentially like how you deal with lots of small situations rather than than big situations, if you know what I mean. Because well, it's all of it, macro, yeah. micro, isn't exactly. it? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But the micros can make you struggle with the macro. Do you know what I mean? Like, absolutely, absolutely. Like you know, it's weirdly they're sometimes worse. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. literally, you know, your laptop failing, Hamish not walking to heel, yeah. and uh, the neighbour saying something annoying to you. Like, well, well, the other you day, just want to blow your like, top by the end of that. I had a, and again, it's like when you talk about, sometimes when you talk about something, you're like, oh, that sounds so minor. Yeah. But at the time, it was so annoying. <laughs> and I had gone through all the photos that we had had for the Strong Humans Club photo shoot that we did, you know, like, you know, really excited, got these lovely, amazing new images. And I went through the entire file of like hundreds and hundreds of photos and were like, okay, want that one? Don't want that one. Want that one? Don't want that one. Went through, it took me absolutely ages because like I said, there was a lot of them. And then obviously to make everyone's life easier, I named them all. So we knew exactly what the garment was, what the colours were, blah, blah, blah. So when it came to putting them on the website, everything was great. Did it all, was like, blah, shh, done it. Happy days. Quite proud of myself getting all that done. I sent it off to to, to Lynn, who's our, like, amazing uh, chief executive sensible person <laughs> uh, that, you know, kind of <laughs> helps us get everything done. And she was like, oh, they're, they're too high quality for the website. You know, I can't get them on. Like, can you, can you get your photographer to essentially reduce the quality on them so I can get them onto the website? And then I looked back on the file, and I suppose because maybe I was a bit stressed, maybe I wasn't looking. The photographer had actually provided me with two folders: one which was basically super high spec, and, and the other ones website. that had been kind of compressed for the website. Yeah. But of course, I was just not really paying attention. Not necessarily. Do you know what happens though? When you look at all the studies on sleep deprivation and disruption and yeah. stress is massive, significant increase in mistakes at work. Yeah. So you weren't well, actually you probably even looking. Just, you were so fast. And yeah, busy yeah, maybe, head, yeah. You know I mean? but, but I couldn't believe it because I was like, oh, no, I've now got to go through that other file and go through them all again doing the same thing and comparing them to the other fellow. Like in my head, it was just a faff and it yeah. was just another thing to do and it was going to take time. And you blew your top. And I did blew, I blew my top. It, you know, when most people just go, well, no worries, you know, just have a drink, get back to it. Yeah, but you had a ton and, of stuff to do. Yeah, and but but what I'm saying is, is like, you know, it, in the grand scheme of things, it was quite a minor thing. Yeah. It wasn't a difficult problem to solve. It was just an irritating problem because it was like almost doing the exact same thing again that I'd already done. Um, there was a slight benefit though. One thing, and this is relevant to everyone listening, is that we ended up, I heard you blow your top and I came <laughs> in and said, right, what's going on? You told me. And I said, right, well, between the two of us, if I sit with the file open, you tell me the name, we can we can zip through this and rename it. And we did, didn't we? You, did, you yeah. sat there really quick. So between the two of us, it took half the time and we nailed it. And that's not to like kind of big myself up as like, oh, I saved the day. But it's like, you did though. if you blow your top in lockdown situation, it really affects my day. Yeah, yeah. So I was a bit like, I don't want Grumpy Matt for the rest of the evening. And so we came together as a team. And the takeaway from that for anyone listening is stay as a team. You have to mm. be a team in this situation. And if you yeah. feel one blowing the top, like try to bring them back down and where possible, even if you can feel sometimes me and you are both going off on one and then I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like this yeah. is not helping us. Like, come on, let's get outside. Let's go and breathe some fresh air, something like you've got to be a team. For sure. And if you're not, if you, if this 
situation is kind of driving you further and further apart, sit down and have some key conversations about that because yeah. it, it does really affect you. Like, in, you know, in terms of like your mental health, but that eventually will affect your physical health. Like you can really feel your gut, your sleep and everything get knocked off by that constant tension. And Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, I mean, gosh, like, I mean, there's been so many situations where, you know, I've, I've thought, like, gosh, like, thank God I had you there to... And vice versa. To, yeah, to yeah. kind of help me step back and see it differently and, and, you know, come up with a solution to the problem. And I think it's so beneficial and we are incredibly grateful in that respect that we do have each other and we have got the other one to kind of, you know, m- most of the time... It's grounding. Like, it, like, you ground each other, don't oh, you? For when sure, one of yeah. you's, like, flying off the handle, you ground, you bring them back down and go, come on, like, realistically... We, we can do this. Yeah, like, let's yeah, sit yeah. down and, and do this problem, together. And let's work together and stuff. And don't make it a bigger deal than it actually is. Because, like, I did have a little bit of a moment where, because I was just in that frame of mind where I was like, oh, God, I'm such a failure. You know, I can't even get this right. Like, yeah, something so yeah, simple, yeah. you know, just not reading a folder. You know, you can really give yourself a, a hard time over something that, it's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Big deal. You, yeah, yeah. you missed a, you, you, you missed a file. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like, sometimes that's what the external voice... No one got hurt. No. <laughs> no. It didn't cost anyone any money. Like, you know what I mean? It's like... But like I say, it's it was based on the fact that I was already quite worked up. I was already quite stressed. I was rushing. I had other yeah, things yeah, on my yeah. mind type thing. But just to reiterate something I said right at the beginning, when it comes to being resilient, is being resilient is not having it all figured out. It's far from it. I think it's just being able to take the situation for what it is and not trying to pretend that you've got it all figured out No, no. and looking to potential solutions. Don't be the silent sufferer, I think. Like you did a Big few, time. a lot of that in our, in our time as a business where you would keep things from me because you didn't yeah. want to worry me. And then, uh, you know, your health has dived at times. And I've been like, what's going on? And then you've, you've said, oh, okay, this is what's really concerning me. And it's not, don't be that silent sufferer. Like you are a, you are a team and and, yeah. and it should be really important that you talk like you said being resilient is is reaching out for help and and being honest with everyone around you and being honest with yourself and what you might get from that process is actually a much more realistic check-in as people yeah. go oh you're being way too hard on yourself here like yeah, come sure. on you know so yeah I think I, I just agree and like you said and resilience is not like physical it's not that you're out pounding the pavements and no. doing a ton of kettlebell workouts in this really difficult time it's that you're you're showing up each day you know doing your best but also prioritising kindness to yourself sure. that like you will not have resilience without that but I suppose uh, in a way like this is care. going back to what we say about everybody's different like me training hard and pushing myself in a workout and really gritting my teeth and digging deep, that comes easy to me. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Whereas renaming 120 files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the rest, blimey. I yeah, wish yeah, it was yeah. 120. <laughs> um, you know, like, and this is the difference, you know, like what comes a bit easier to one person doesn't necessarily come easy yeah. to another, even though to that, you know, to some people, you know, if they see how hard I train, they might be like, whoa, I can yeah, never yeah, do yeah. that. And, and they might praise me for that. And that's fine, you know, I'm more than happy to accept praise. But at the same time, it's like, well, actually, it's not that big of a deal because I enjoy it yeah. and it's part of who I am and what I do. Whereas I might see somebody else who's, I don't know, works with spreadsheets every single day. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, bloody hell, how the hell do you do that? That's phenomenal. And they were like, what? It's a breeze. This is what I do. Yeah, I'm good yeah. at it. I can fly through this. Like yeah, everyone has their thing. Everyone has their strengths. Everyone has their weaknesses, things that they're working on. And I think the reality is, you know, not to sound too cheesy, 
easy, but we are all on a journey in, in different shapes and forms. And some people figure things out a lot quicker. Some think people are just better at particular things and they get a faster result. For others, it just takes a little bit longer, but it's all part it's all part of the journey and we need to keep reminding ourselves of that and stop comparing yourself to someone who's 10 years older than you or you know like been in the industry or doing whatever for longer than you have it's like you know i like reading up on business i am in business you know we are self-employed we run a business but i'm not going to start comparing myself to elon musk or <laughs> jeff bezos, jeff bezos. <laughs> yeah. just see what i mean like what and, did jeff do when he yeah. oh, jeff did this what would jeff do jeff had a garage that? i need a garage <laughs> yeah that's the problem i don't have a garage he started they all started in the garage didn't they? amazon bill gates a lot of them this is the problem i don't have a garage i'm screwed <laughs> I'm never going to make it. I desperately want you to have a garage just because our whole lounge is full of squat racks. Like, clear off to the garage where. Blinking dumbbells and plates. It's like, please get a garage. I oh know, sorry. That's what I'm asking the universe for. We're in, we're in talks. But again, you know, it's all about adapting, isn't it? Like, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have barbells and plates, dumbbells and kettlebells all over the shop. But because of the circumstance we're in. I don't mind. We don't mind no. because it is what it is and, and this is just where things are at the minute. And, and we've to be just... fair, if it keeps you happy and you are training hundreds of people right now. Oh, vibes, thanks. So I can I can put up with some squat yeah. racks in my lounge for now, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though, isn't it? You know, it's like, you know, in these situations, you kind of do, just got to remind yourself, you just got to do the best that you can do in the situation that you're in and remind yourself that it's also okay to do your nut every now and again <laughs> blow your top and just be like oh, let it out and then and then then come up with a solution yeah definitely <laughs> oh good chat Chris good chat God, I'm hungry now I am as well how long that, that one went on up an appetite quiet man I'm hungry you got any closing <laughs> thoughts on resilience I think I've said everything honestly just you do you yeah and what's the saying let them do them is it? I don't think it is. I don't know. I don't think it but is either, but we'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> and when it really, actually, my final point is music is the answer. Yeah, it helps, doesn't it? It does help. Keep on dancing <laughs> and prancing. That's yeah. that song. No. No, but, but music does get you out of a lot of, it can just tra- change yeah. your, your mindset. So yeah, I will often like work on George Michael, you do, don't you? a bit of Wham, Fleetwood Mac, anything, just like transport me back to that disco dance floor yeah. when I'm like eight years old the Lombarda which know. funny enough actually <laughs> speaking of like taking you back really exciting times because launch four of the Strong Humans oh, Club yeah, yeah. I've got a bit of a 80s vibe bit of a retro 80s 90s kind of vibe coming into it because I just feel that we all need a bit of bit of nostalgia a bit of colour yeah in our lives right now so it'd be interesting they to look see. very cool I can confirm yeah I'm very I'm pleased very one. excited <laughs> right guys hope you enjoyed um, as always you know where we are if you've got any questions at all hit us up info at fitterfood.com or fitterfood on all social media channels and if you enjoyed this episode please if you could give us a review it'd be massively appreciated would. apparently it means everyone can find us better does it more reviews more reviews yeah. we have yeah yeah, please do. <laughs> please. Big, please. Uh, big love, guys, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.